It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard for a uh, Friday show. Dennis and Brady, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Going to be a special show yes, today, it will. Uh, Brady. Well, they're all special shows uh, when uh, when we're on it, but uh, today's going to be an extra special uh, show because we're going to have an extra special guest. Yes, we will. We'll have Al Damat on, who's in the middle of making history, and you know he's a very humble guy, and he will deflect a lot of the adulation we give him, but he has earned it over the years. So I'm excited to talk about him. He's forgotten more about basketball than we know combined. Yeah, th- this is a true story, and we'll get into, I hope, some good mm-hmm. stories in just a moment with Al Damat. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Dura Clean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, and we're joined by Al DeMott. Thank you so much, Coach, for doing this uh, with us. Um, for, for me and Brady, I, I know that, that you don't like all the attention, but this is a big honor for us. You, you're a big deal whether you want to be or not. <laughs> Um, because uh, you're now the all-time winningest coach in the state of Michigan with a chance to uh, set a new record uh, later this week. Um, and at some point, you're going to get to 800 wins, and I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're the checkers coach. <laughs> 800 wins is a lot of wins. Congratulations on, on what you've accomplished so far and what you're going to still accomplish. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the support from you guys. Uh, looking forward to looking forward to the interview. Well, let's start at the beginning. I mean, you got to start somewhere and reading up on how you became the girls' coach. It's not like you had these dreams of becoming a coach and and being the guy that leads the team into battle. When you started all the way back in 1979, tell the story because, as I understand. You weren't really looking for the coaching job. The coaching job kind of found you. Yeah, no, I was not looking for the job at all. I did, had no plans of coaching whatsoever at that point. And Dennis Vebe, the athletic director at that time, approached me, and he kind of he was a guy who could con you into things. And he was <laughs> math teacher here a long time, and he conned me into doing it. I said, I'll do it for one year just to get you through because it was, it was like July or August when it, was when it was in the fall and he had nobody to do it. And I didn't want the kids to be let down, you know, so I took it and I didn't have a clue. I'll be honest <laughs> to what I was doing or going to do. And Lynn Nesbitt, uh, uh, coach here, Lynn Jacobs, uh, art teacher here forever was a JV coach. He said, oh, she'll be there to help you. So she'd done JV a couple of years and, and we got our way through the first couple of years with it. It was a struggle, and, and, you know, like I said, I had no plans of staying long-term, but I started as we got going. I got determined, you know, to, to make something of it. We were very weak the first few years. We didn't win even close to 500. We weren't for the first five years. Then after that, once we got it going, you know, I was determined, and the kids were, and the parents got on board, and we started working a youth program, and um, since then we've never been under 500 so far, knock <laughs> on wood, but it was – it's. 
been a great run. Is that the secret to success? Is that you've you found a way to get the the girls interested at a young age, and then they stick with basketball all the way through? Yes, it is. Our youth program's been great. We have had, you know, we have great parents helping with the kids down there. We've had parents who are always stepped up and have taken them to tournaments and done a lot of things and worked with them for a long time. And our junior high coaches also. We've had a, just a good system all the way through. Our junior high teams this year, our seventh grade went 12-0, and 0, had a very good team. Our eighth grade was 10-1, and 1, and our JV is 6-1 right now. We, right now, again, we have several people that have really helped out. But our youth program, the other thing we did in the 80s, we put in a good uh, – uh, AAU program we had going before the seasons changed to late 80s one of my players Lacrice Legault went and played uh, AAU with the Detroit Eagles when we played them in the quarterfinals in 85 they saw her play and they wanted her to come play for them and she <laughs> did and then you know she played a year with them and then after that I said hey we're going to start up our own AAU team so her junior that was a sophomore she was her junior and senior year we started up our own AAU teams and we had several AAU teams going out of here for a long time, and that really, really made our program solid. We were competing with kids all over. We had St. Clair kids coming here to play. I had a girl from Gaylord driving all the way down here to play. We built a really, really strong AAU program. We had probably 14 teams or something at one time from fifth grade through varsity level of AAU teams. Fred Shaw used to coach with me on it, and we had yep. a lot of great coaches involved in that too in the area. Had girls coming from Frankenmuth and Flint Powers to play in our program, but that really pushed our kids to get better and, and made a big difference. And that kind of died with the seasons change. Oh, now we don't have near as many kids doing that like that. It's, it's been a real change. So as you're figuring this out when you just get started, you are a very good player here at Sandusky in the boys' program. And, you know, you play it, and I guess when you're young, you don't know what you don't know. So when you become the coach, what was that learning process like, figuring out this is how you run a varsity program, this is how you coach? What was that learning process like to go from year one to then once you get hit the ground running and haven't had the uh, uh, under 500 season since? It, it it was tough, but like I said, I just I watched other coaches and went to clinics and did things. And you, now you can go on YouTube or on t or on internet and get everything. But I went to a lot of coaches' clinics and I watched other coaches and stole things from them forever. I still do. When somebody runs good out of bounds, plays on us and beats us, I put it in our. We, we'll do it. Let's try putting it in ours next. I mean, I trying to learn every day and pick up more things like that all the time. But watching other coaches and pushing our kids to be the best, you know. Yeah, when you mentioned Fred Shaw a moment ago, I mean, you could just stand around Fred for five minutes and by accident you're going to learn something about basketball. Uh, who Were there people early in your career that, that helped you, that gave you advice, and, and who were people that you, you sought out and talked to and said, hey, how do I do this so that I'm doing it right? Yeah, Fred and I coached together. We, Ann played with our girls on the AAU team, and I learned a lot. We looked – both working together, that helped me a lot, I know. And John Gatowski, our boys coach here, is a very knowledgeable basketball guy, too. I learned, you know, when I first started out, he already had the boys program was going good. They, they picked up and were winning a lot quicker than we were, and I was stealing things from him all the time. Again, you had a lot of mentors around, but also the community. Obviously, early in your time, being a young coach, struggling early, 
It's hard to get people to buy in when you aren't winning as everyone loves a winner. But how was the community when you first came in, came back to your alma mater coaching and starting to basically start a program up essentially from scratch? They, it, oh, I've, I've had, we've had great support forever. They've followed our girls' basketball and support them. And at that time, they were actually, we had some pretty good teams. Like the year before I took it, we had a very good team they did, the girls did. They didn't win the league or district or anything that year, but that year. But they had a good team. But they lost a whole bunch of boatload of seniors there. And I come in, you know, we didn't have much experience that I left at all. So we started from scratch. But we've we've had great support right from the beginning. You know, anything we tried to do, you know, I I know a lot of people from the town being from here and that, and their parents are right on board trying to get us going. Well, you mentioned the youth program, and I, I think that's a, a big part of why you continue to have success. I think the other part of it is they must like you, Al, be, because the, the, the grandparent or not the grandparent, the parents have played for you, their kids are playing for you, and probably their kids will play here too because I notice a, a lot of the same last names. So all the, there, there seems to always be, you know, a Jansen. There seems to always be um certain names that are that are always here yeah it's, playing at Sandusky it's fun I've had I've had coached a lot of the daughters of the players I had before and it's fun yeah and they they push them they push them harder than I do I mean these mm-hmm. parents you know they're they really they really push and want them to want them to have success you talked about in the early years you struggled. What was that turning point? Obviously, getting the youth program was a big part of it. But what was the what was the one of the turning points that turned you from a below five hundred team to really taking off in those early years? You know, the first year we won uh, USA were number one in the state. The one year I can mm-hmm. remember, and the year we played them, I, I think it was eighty four. We won our first league, I think that year, and we played them a game. They came down here and played. And when we beat them, that was kind of a big game because they were still rated really, really high. And we beat them, and that, they were in the, our division back then. And, and that kind of gave us the confidence. We ended up winning the league that year, our first league championship. But that kind of got us over the hump, and people started really getting on our bandwagon and following after that. I can remember we were, back then we were playing on Thursday nights and JV football games would always be out there, and all those guys would hurry in after the JV football game to catch the end of the girls' basketball games. We'd have a packed all these guys from town would be lined up along the wall in the elementary school or where the old high school was watching them. But that game that year, and then us winning that district that year, that kind of turned the was a year that kind of turned the corner for us. We had some great kids in that really worked hard, and from then on, it's got better and better. You, you know, I, I love the small town and the small town atmosphere when it comes to high school sports. And and I think because we do a lot of games in Port Huron and we go down into northern Macomb, you know, to Dakota and places like that. And sure, the, the teams that win get crowds, but the teams that don't, there aren't very many people. But when I come up into the thumb, it doesn't seem to matter if you're good, bad, or 500. Jim's always packed on game night. Oh, yeah, especially Friday night games. People like to go watch the games on Friday night. It's the center of the town. There isn't, you know, towns, smaller towns, there isn't a lot more to do sometimes. So it's, it, it, it's good, and it's a small school. The kids all know each other, know the players, and they all know each other. And our boys and girls always follow each other and support each other real well. It's, it's, it's just a good atmosphere. It, it, it's, it's great coaching in a small school. 
How much does it help when you have the camaraderie between the boys and the girls team and in a small school? Because in other towns, sometimes you'll hear about the small town politics and it makes it hard to work where, I mean, you be around, you're around this long. Obviously, you have to have pretty good chemistry with the school and pretty good camaraderie with the boys program and the girls program and basically the entire school. Yeah, our, our boys our boys and girls get along real well, and they our, our coaches, we get along well with them, work together good, and, you know, sharing gym time, whatever we need to do with this. All these games are now, you got to be flexible and working together, or it could be a, be a mess, but we work very well with them and love to support each other. That's why we love them when we have the girl-boy doubleheaders. All right, we're, we're going to give Al a, a chance to reset here. Uh, mm. We'll take a break. Al mentioned off the air before we got started that there's been some big changes in the girls' game over the years, and I think in the next segment I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, that because you had a change of seasons, you had some rule changes, some, some things, uh, and, and we'll talk about that when we come back with uh, Al DeMott on the uh, Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. 
At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual, and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with Dennis Brady and Al DeMott. And uh, Al, um, I, I think, well, there, there have been several big changes, but... Uh, the, the, there, were, there was a time that I remember that girls' basketball season was during football season. And, you know, dur- during the weeks on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I went out and watched girls' basketball, and then on Fridays was for, for football. And then that got all changed around, and volleyball got moved to the fall, and basketball became a winter thing. And we were like, how are we going to schedule all the games, the boys and the girls playing at the same time with the JV and the freshmen and all of that? Um, it's been a few years now. I should be used to it. It shouldn't bother me anymore. Why does it still bother me? I, Dennis, it does me too. I, I just think it was a change that didn't need to be made. I don't care if how many other states are doing it. It worked good, the system we had before with the girls' basketball in the fall. I felt it was a lot better. I don't think it's helped the volleyball overall, and I don't think it's helped the basketball. I just – it's got especially small schools everywhere you go to the small schools that don't have gym space it's really put them in a crimp trying to get gym time for youth teams and for everything else it's really really a change that i don't think was for the better i don't think it's helped the game of girls basketball or boys basketball either well allowing both sides to have their own season you know as a boys basketball player you can go watch the girls team where a lot of times now you guys might be up in let's say Marlette and the boys team is at home you're playing at the same night you don't get to watch each other play that has to take a little bit away or if you're playing at two separate spots the student base is split I've been at games already this year where I think it was at, I was at Marysville the girls were at home the boys were someone else and the crowd suffered because of it oh yeah it's, it's just not been good it was it was ideal for girls basketball when it was in the fall I mean for crowds the crowds are way better you know like when you get into districts and regionals it was outstanding now it's hard to really get a good crowd in because you got well if you get in the regional and girls you got boys districts going that Monday Wednesday Friday girls regional going Tuesday and Thursday so and people can only go so many nights you know right. it's just it was a it was ideal when it was football you'd have the football playoffs going that time of year then you know on Friday or Fridays or Saturdays and you'd had the girls districts going or regionals it, it was it just a change that I still I mean, it was just took over a couple parents in a lawsuit you know that mm. didn't need to be done I don't think yeah for something that if we went back and looked it probably didn't benefit that family at all probably not no it probably didn't <laughs> so no. one other change that um i guess when we were talking before the show we didn't even realize when you started there wasn't a three-point line in high school basketball and there wasn't for a significant amount of time before they finally implemented you had what about eight years yeah. before you finally had the three-point line 
Well, first talk about that and how has just the strategy changed? Because now you've gone from no three-point line to some teams basically exclusively live behind the three-point line and it's become the focal point of the offense. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a big change. Like I, like I mentioned to you, as I remember I, every once in a while I'll click on one of my 84, or 85, or 86 tapes on there watching the film. I've got videos from all my games from way back, and uh, it's weird watching the court, looking at the court out there with no three-point line. Um, but it's it's turned it to a lot more of a perimeter game, I think, which is I don't know if it's for the better or the worse or not. We we shoot quite a few threes ourselves, and not you know some years more and some years less. But I I I mean it, it's made an exciting game. It it makes it where a team can come back faster, you know. And the other one other rule that's looking at coming in this shot clock when that gets in, it's going to change the game a lot too. But the three point line, I mean, there's. One thing for someone who's a good shooter, I mean, it's it's opened up the door for more kids, you know, other than just the bigger, larger players and the lane and that dominating. It's 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 shifted the game for some some good too. I think. I mean, I, it makes it more exciting when you get a team reeling in three or four threes in a row. It really gets the crowd going. For for the the people who played before there was a three point line who are good shooters, they're thinking about how many more points they could have. Oh had. yeah, yeah for sure. Used to make them from out there all the time. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> it's 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 been a big change. You watch kids warm up now, and a lot of them the first thing they do is run right out the three point line and start firing them off. It's if you just walk into a gym and watch kids shooting like that. Well, the the other thing is is if you if you don't have a big um, that you can go inside with. It, it kind of alleviates the size factor. It can. It can neutralize. It's it's not a bad thing. It's good. It's created a lot more excitement for basketball. I think it's good. And that's just one aspect of strategy that's changed over the years. And obviously, as a coach being around this long, you have to evolve. You can't use the same strategies. Heck, even 10 years ago, you have to change. As a coach, how have you been able to stick to some of your core principles but mold your strategy around how the game's changing and how the players are playing? Well, you know, back in the 80s, we used to actually play a lot more zone. We play a lot more man-to-man now than we did, which we used to we used to mix it up. We still do. We play zone some or man. We, I like man-to-man the best, but we used to be able to play more zone then. But now that playing zone, they can bite you, boy. They start banging those threes on you. You better, if you can't play man, you better figure out how to. Or, it, you know, I think it's taken away a lot more of the zone defense sometimes. Yeah, how much have you had to adapt? Like, if we went back and looked at the way your your girls played in the 80s and then looked at the 90s and then looked at now, how much of a difference would we notice in the style of play? I think people, I think the defense is a lot. There's this, right now, currently, it seems like there's a lot more defense. Like, you know, teams are a lot more aggressive defensively. Um Back then, there were a lot more zones, I think. People used to play more zone defense then. So if you had a couple shooters, you could crack them. But I, there's, and a lot, there's a lot more dribble-drive offense right now. The last few years, too, people are going a lot more of that. We used to do a lot of motion offense and try and pound the ball inside all the time. But we're going to, this, to more dribble-drive and more slashing and cutting offense, too. There's, there's been a shift, for sure. Well, I mean, you can even just look, I mean, use the NBA as an example. Before kind of the 2000s, it was the big man. The the post player dominated everything, and now it's so guard-oriented. If you don't have a player that can bring the ball up the court and do it calmly, especially in girls' basketball, teams that like to trap and make things chaotic, sometimes that can cause a lot of problems if you don't have that sure-handed guard. 
Oh, for sure. It's, it, it's helped the guards out a lot. I mean, you if you don't have guards, you can have all the posts in the world. If you don't have guards to get them the ball, you're going to be in trouble. It's good for the little players. Oh, the, the other thing that I've really noticed is guards rebound now. Oh, they a lot, do. A lot of nights, a guard is your leading rebounder. Yeah, I've got my little point guard, Allie Jansen, gets a lot of rebounds for us. I watch on film sometimes, and I'm amazed. You know, I don't even realize how hard it is. But I'll see a post going up to grab the rebound. I'll look up, and there's Allie. He'll go right mm-hmm. up and take it away from just by going after the ball hard and being aggressive. Yeah, that's guards. Guards have got to be able to rebound too. And when you're as small as we are, this year we're really small. Our tallest girls between five six and five eight. We need all five going to the boards all the time to be successful. Well, one other big change happened, I guess you could say off the court, is just the perception of girls' basketball and and women's athletics in general over the past 40-some years. Compared to when you first started to now, it seems like, especially the last few years, it's really taken off the amount of attention it's getting and the amount of how serious people are taking it. What's the difference been like from when you first started coaching to now? When I first started coaching, the, the basketball was at a low, way, way lower level of play than it is mm. now, I feel like. I mean, it's gotten better and better and better. I mean, as they went along, um, you didn't have – you were the only – all the teams that only have maybe one or two girls who could shoot well back then. Now you get a team where they can all, all shoot pretty well. It's just all around the teams are deeper, you know, much, much better from top to bottom than they used to be because I think kids put in way more time. There's so many specialty camps going on around the Kramer camps and all these camps that where kids are out playing and doing things to get better, and there's just a lot more good players. It's a lot better, a lot faster pace too, I think. It was a lot slower back then. Then a couple of years before I came in, they used to play six-man basketball right. or whatever. It was like I didn't – that was before me, but they – you only had – you had six people. You can only go – you had rovers or whatever. could only go up and down. I wasn't involved – any of that, but I heard people talking about it. Well, uh, the the size of the ball has changed. I learned listening to this week in high school sports, <laughs> uh, which we run before our games, uh, that actually the ball the girls use now, two of them can go through the hoop at the same time. You used to use the same size ball that the boys did. Yeah, we did up till I'm not sure what in the, it was in the 80s, but yeah, we used to use the same basketball as the boys, so we would all just practice with all the same balls. We all, all used the same one. When that came in, we had to go out and buy all new. We all got new basketballs. The girls did out of the deal. It was good. So <laughs> we gave the boys all of what we had and got all new basketballs. But yeah, it was a big change. And it's been better for them, too, because their hands are smaller and they're able to handle the ball and shoot it better. It's, that was a good move they made for sure. What has the attitude been like towards girls' sports that you've noticed from the start where maybe at the beginning people didn't give as much coverage or give as much weight towards girls' basketball where maybe nowadays there's a little more or has it been pretty consistent throughout up here? Well, I think way back when people didn't really care that much or follow girls' basketball as much as what now. I mean, it's got a lot more equivalent. You know, with Title IX and everything, they've – push to make things where the girls get equality with the boys and it's gotten a lot better but it as the years went on uh this might be a a tough question to answer or an easy question to answer but brady often goes well who's the best girls player you ever saw and for me it's easy because i saw millie martinez play for emily city and she was otherworldly and probably could have played against the boys and done all right um 
Who's the best player that, that you've come either coached or come across while coaching? Well, Millie would be right up there for sure. Yeah, she was very, very good. I can't really think of anybody probably any better. I've had a lot of good ones here, but I nobody quite there. Millie actually played with our kids back in when she was in sixth grade basketball. She used to come up and play with our kids in sixth grade ball way back when we had a good group of sixth graders, and she used to come up here and actually play. And they had another one with her, too, Tara Jackman. They had a good one-two punch there back in the day. But there's there's been a lot of them. It's hard for me to put a handle on one. I mean, we played in the regional against, uh, well, we played against Borges a couple times, and they had missed basketball on. And mm -hmm. and then we played in 84 in the quarterfinal game. We played against Detroit Deports against Jader Charles. And she was the MVP at Tennessee when they won hmm. the national championship. That's a pretty and good we, player. And we <laughs> lost to them 59-50. And we were ahead with about five or six minutes to go in the game. It was a real battle. That was one of the marquee games that kind of put us on the map too that was in 85 the year after we won that first league we made won the district and we won the regional upset flint academy to get into the quarterfinals and played deporas and i remember going down to watch them in warm-ups and they were playing or in the regional final there against ann arbor gaber richard and they had a big girl too and i'm i'm watching warm-ups they're alley opening or slapping her hand on the board warming up <laughs> I'm thinking, I go back, told my team, I, I mean, I thought we were going to get killed. I wouldn't have told the kids that, <laughs> but that because we had this Deidre Charles. I mean, she was tough, like 6'4", and uh, we, we played them right to the wire. But she, she was probably one of the better ones also. Then we played against Tanya Edwards also, who was uh, MVP at Tennessee at team camp. We've, we played against some, you know, out AAU and around that. Some pretty good players, but it's hard to it's hard to compare kids or pick one. Yeah. Well, you've had some pretty good players you've coached against. You've also had some pretty tough coaches to coach against just in this area alone. Talk about that because there have been some pretty solid girls basketball coaches up here in the Thumb. You know, I hate to even say names because I'll forget somebody, <laughs> but they're all I, I there are. It's it, that's one of the things you know that's made us better as coaching because I've had to work hard. There are, there's so many good coaches. Really, really, really good girls and boys coaches in this thumb and blue water, which is, you know, I, I don't want to really say names because I'll forget, but they're all, there's been a lot of them that pushed us right to the limit, which has made us better, made me better, made everybody better. I mean, it, it's good. The co competition's a good thing. And I love going against somebody good that's going to be hard to beat. And we've, we've had a lot of them really pushed us for a long time. All right, I, I think we're going to get more into the, the stories yes. uh, in our last segment with, with Al. So we'll, we'll take our final break, and we'll come back uh, for one more go-around with Al DeMott on the uh, program today. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 this is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I'm supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year. Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, Al DeMott joining us on the uh, program. Uh, Mike Gallagher's here. I got I to get a shout-out to Mike, but he's just sitting back listening. So uh, he'll probably have an article about this coming up because uh, we're getting some good stuff from uh, Al DeMott uh, today. Um, Al, let, let's just start with what we were talking about during the, the break because there are a lot of people who, over four decades of coaching basketball who have been very important uh, to you, and it starts with family. Oh, yeah. My wife has been a saint. I tell you, she uh... – She's been there supporting forever. I couldn't do this this long. I mean, we've sacrificed and done a lot for a lot of years she has to make this all work. Um, for years and years, she's done stats. We go home and watch the game tape after the game late at night and analyze the game and go over game stats and watch them. And she's done that forever. And as I mentioned to you, as 
when I first started coaching, I worked at the bank in town, and I only got two weeks vacation, so one of the weeks we had to use to start going to team camp. I used one of my weeks vacation to go to team camp, which, you know, was off good her let me do it. Then the other, we'd, we'd go to uh, AAU tournaments and things on camp or whatever, too. Mm -hmm. So we, but she's just been there all the time, and my daughters, our whole family has been really supportive. And I able to coach all my daughters, which meant a lot. Um, they played for me, all three of my daughters. And I also coached at one time or another with all of them. Uh, Marissa and Allison both helped. They were assistant varsity coaches for me for a while. And then Desiree, my oldest daughter, she actually also helped me. And her and I coached boys basketball together, eighth grade boys basketball. She was a coach back when we had really big teams. And I coached the B team. So I was, I was kind of curious out working with her during the time. And, and I did boys basketball for a couple of years with Dan Gibor too, which was fun, varsity boys did that. But we've had, our, uh, we've had great support. I've had, as far as our coaching staff, Ray Lee's been coaching with me for around 40 years. He's just been a great asset forever. So loyal, doing anything, anything I need him to do. He's always been there for us. And our girls program, as I also mentioned, we, we had a girls freshman team for about 20 years. We only had two freshman coaches ever during that 20 years of that. And I think it's six or seven coaches we've had in JV girls in the 43 years I've been coaching. So we've had a lot of people who have been there for for a long time helping and our community like we talked before has been supportive and our the school administration has supported anything we want to do and stuck with me they could have fired me after four <laughs> or five years if it was this day and age and you started out I think we we're 24 and 57 the first five mm -hmm. years I think you'd be gone right now this day and age I don't know if you'd ever make it past that so um, and that, the media has been great covering us appreciate all you guys doing have done over the years. They've really covered Sandusky well. And one other thing that doesn't get mentioned much, but um, I tell you, we have great officiating in Blue Water area too, to be honest, mm -hmm. I feel. You know, our, our, we're getting, a lot of them are getting old and we need to get more young ones coming in, a little push for that. But we are fortunate. We have some of the best officials. You know, when you get out of the area, sometimes you see we have very good officials in this area. Well, with the, with, I want to talk about the assistant coaches and the lower levels. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment. How important is it for everyone to be working in the same direction, for not those younger level coaches trying to win a JV state championship or an eighth grade state championship? You're trying to get them to get them ready for varsity and develop. How important is that to also having the coaches on the same page as yourself? That is huge. That is absolutely huge because you can get people down there. You know, they, they play what we want them to do. If we want them to learn man-to-man, -man, which we normally try to do the most, um, you can win more games sometime in junior high or younger kids. If you want to stick a zone out there in fifth or sixth grade, you're probably going to win a lot more games. But when you get up to varsity, you might not be ready to be able to defend and guard people that can. And we've had people who have done whatever we wanted them to do and have been very good with the kids. I'm very positive with them too. You know, if you praise kids, you can get a lot more out of them a lot of times than, than <laughs> chewing aware. We've had people have done a very good job of encouraging and keeping our kids interested all the way through the whole program. Our kids and coaches, have, our coaches have all been outstanding for yeah. several years. You, you mentioned how you have to, to to handle kids, especially nowadays, because if, if they don't like it. There's lots more stuff for them to do now. There are a lot more distractions for kids now than, than maybe 20 years ago where, well, if I don't play basketball, what am I going to do? 
you're absolutely right there too. There's a million different school activities and other things they can get into now, and and there there weren't back then. Basketball is the only thing for a long time, but now there's a lot of other options. So you need to do whatever you can to keep them interested and having fun. It's got to be fun too. I feel like the kids need to have fun. Over the course of your 40 plus years, you've made some deep runs. You had the one run to the state championship. Just just tell us some stories. Talk about the state championship run. And you've men- already mentioned some other deep runs, but you've had quite a few. Talk about some of the ones that stick out in your mind. Well, yeah, the 99 one, that was awesome. That was, boy, I wanted to do that one more time. But I don't know. I'm getting pretty old. I'm not <laughs> sure. You know, I thought a couple years ago we might do it was exciting and you know the way that year went we actually that year we, we knew we were gonna have a really good team I mean right Julie Gutowski is very good and Marcy Bizant we had several other two a very good team and we were deep but like four or five games into the year we had a six foot four post Daniel Loading who tore ACL and went down for the year was it not able to play after about fourth and she was six four and she just cluttered up and could score at will inside and then a couple weeks after that, a few weeks after that, Julie Gutowski, she was our, our all-stater. She sprained her ankle real bad and missed like three or four weeks, and she didn't even play the first game of the district. I think we played Reese or Marlette first or somebody, and she wasn't even able to play, but she come back, was able to get in by the district final. So going into districts, we didn't really know what was going to happen. We, did not, we weren't saying, oh, we're going to state final this year. I mean, we weren't even dreaming something like that was going to happen. We beat Brown City in the district. Then we got in the regional, and we beat KPAC, and I think it was Burton Atherton and KPAC. Then we got into the quarterfinal, and we played Detroit CMA. Then they are all starting to get healthy, except for Daniel Lodi, the one we lost. Mm-hmm. But we played them a home game here, and they were a very talented team, and we were able to beat them in front of a packed gym here that sent us to the semifinals, and to the, which we were able to win, and then into the finals. That was something that will – Never forget our whole town was there when we played there. It was a, it was a thrill of a lifetime for our kids and parents and everybody. The whole school, the pep band was there. Everything. Well, the, in in '99, where were they playing the finals? Rose Arena, which was a Rose great Arena, spot yeah, okay. for it too. It was a packed house. It was one of the biggest crowds they ever had there that year too. That doubleheader was us and St. Agnes, which it didn't turn out the way we wanted, but you know that's just the way it is. They were a very good team and they. They they took it to us pretty good, but you know what? That didn't really matter. It, it was it was all good. It was we wanted to win, but we didn't, and it was just a great experience. Obviously, the wins and the accolades are great, but I know a lot of coaches will say the best part of coaching is when the former players come back, when you get to talk to them, when you get to see how they progress in their lives. What's that been like for you, seeing so many different groups come through and so many different uh, girls come back to talk to you? Oh, it, it's, it, it means a lot. It means a ton, yeah, like you said. And, and I've had our, our girls, I have, I, we always have smart, smart girls. Our GPA every year is like 3.5 or higher. It's been for years and years and years. And they've all been very, very successful, all of them. I got one as far as basketball-wise, Carrie Lohr. She was my point guard in 87, 88, graduating in 88. She was our point guard on that 87 team, one of our guards, and was a – go-to point guard in 88 when we lost some really good seniors people didn't think we were going to be as good in 88 we ended up having a very good year too and she was a spark plug and then she went on to coach at St. Clair Community College and is coaching at Wayne State now and you know just a thrill to see her do so well yeah she's done a great job actually she's really good at SC4 
Um, uh, again, as you go along, maybe not games that were important games in terms of they won a league title or it was a playoff win, but are there games that kind of stick out in your memory as, boy, was that ever a fun game, and I'll never forget that this happened? Um, you know, one thing I'm just I'm going to mention right now that actually is really fun. I, I, I love it. I'll tell you one of my favorite games is when every girl on our roster scores, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, when we're able to get everybody a bucket. That is a special night. Everybody walks out of that gym, the parents, Almost kids all feeling Bassard. good. Yeah, I know. It. You That's, close. <laughs> I love it when that happens. The other thing that I really like b between you and me is summer basketball, like at team camp and at games where you're not playing life or death, win or losing. You're just playing to have fun the way the game should be. And, and those are fun. Those are fun games to play. Well, I feel but. like summer team camps is where you can really build chemistry for the next year, where that's a spot where you can come together as a team. Like you said, you just play basketball, get a little bit closer as a team, and it can really set yourself up for success in the winter season. It does. We've always had a very good summer program. It's always really helped us out. Now, a couple of years ago, when we didn't have a – couldn't do summer basketball because of COVID, that really – Really hurt. That kind of killed us. And that's one other thing now. And I've told my kids that I haven't much this year, but last year I was saying all the time, you know, let's appreciate this all we can because that year with that COVID, that was bad stuff where it really messed us all up. You know, it really made us think and appreciate things a little more, I think. Yeah, you'd think after four decades you'd have seen everything. But, <laughs> hey, there's always a curveball of something you haven't seen before. Oh, for sure. Yeah, th that was a, a tough year. That, that was the first year that Brady and I started doing this um, together. And uh, basketball season, we thought it was going to start. Nope, it's not starting. We're going to start now. No, we lied. We're not going to start now. We're going to start – like, just psychologically, oh, yeah. kids going, we're going to play. No, we're not playing. We're going to play. When you finally do play, it's almost like, uh, we don't believe it. We're not going to play. Right. And, like – that that uh, as from from the coaching aspect, it had to be more mental that year than physical. Oh, it was. That was. I mean, first we were doing practices where you couldn't play defense or whatever. You know, they had non-contact non-contact practice. So you, you could shoot, doing shooting drills. And I don't. I mean, I go right by the book. I do whatever the rules say. I mean, I'm sure some people probably did, but that was about as goofy a thing as you could have. You know, trying to practice without being able to. I mean, it's good for a couple of days, but when you go on on for quite a long time with that. You get, it's, it was right, you can only do a free throw shooting drill so <laughs> long before it feels like you're banging your head against yeah. the wall. Oh, I forgot about the non-contact yeah, basketball non practice. practice. Oh. Well, they, they used to wipe the ball down during stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. no yeah. jump ball. The, the no away team balls. got the yeah. ball yeah. first. Oh, yeah. there were some weird things that yeah. year. but uh, And no fans. That was yeah. the oh, toughest that part. Was, that was bad for parents and grandparents and everything that yeah was that was tough deal. that hurt no kids able to come watch or it was just not the same especially when you get to the big games you're expecting a big crowd and it's like all right it's like you're playing <laughs> summer league basketball oh, you get yeah. a couple people that are just around get to watch it but i mean throughout the years i mean al have you i know you don't like the accolades and everything but this this accomplishment is a reflection of all the hard work the girls have done for you, all your assistant coaches, and part of this, have you ever gotten a chance just to sit back and kind of take it all in for a moment, or are you just focused on the season? I, I just go kind of day by day. <laughs> I'm not really, yeah, just looking forward to the next game, moving on. But it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've 
you know, thought about, I'm trying to, you know, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to go. I'm trying to decide right now, perhaps, you know, I've thought about getting out the last few years, but I'm still having a lot of fun, or I right. wouldn't be sitting here doing it. I have still, and I got a granddaughter who played on our eighth grade team, and she's getting more interested now. So I, I don't know if I'd rather, you know, if I'm going to sit on the, sit in the stands or stay and watch her. Not sure what I'm going to do with that. I'm trying to, I probably, I need to get somebody to take over here, but I'm not sure <laughs> yet. Well, no one wants to follow you. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's yeah. The, those are uh, those are tough shoes to to fill. But uh, again, it's a situation where I have to feel whoever it is, you're going to be very helpful and very encouraging of oh, that definitely, person. Definitely. Uh, and one thing we wanted to bring up, we mentioned before, is the man who you are currently tied with, Frank Orlando. You did coach one game against him. So the two winningest coaches in girls' basketball history did face off one time. Would you like to tell everyone that story about that game? Because it was about as epic as you could have asked for that game to be. Yeah, we were we, we played him over at Mayville in the quarterfinal. I, maybe it was 94. I'm not sure. In the 90s it was. I'm not sure the exact year. Wish I had Ben Miller here. He'd know. Ben would know. <laughs> ben would know what year it was. But we we were down, uh, trailed all the way pretty much. And it come to the end of the game, and our freshman, real, we had a Lamar Legault, who was a very good player for us freshman. She fouled out early in the fourth quarter, and we were behind. And, boy, it didn't look good for us. And then we kept chipping away kind of. And we put up a three right at uh, – um, with like 10 seconds going, made a three. We were down by two, and it put us up by one. And they came down. We were kind of celebrating the basket. Didn't get back as quick as we should have on defense. And they shot and missed. And another girl grabbed and put in a shot at the buzzer to beat us by one. So it was a it was a quarterfinal to see who got to go on to the semis that year. Would have been at Battle Creek. The semis were back then. So we would have missed our trip to Battle Creek. Wow. Uh, a lot of fun, uh, though. Um, tell us a little bit about this year's Sandusky girls basketball team. Obviously, you guys are off to a, a very good uh, start, uh, I would assume, and, and maybe you don't like to say things like this, but uh, you're, you're the favorite in, 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 in the league, and, and you're the team that's got a target on its back that everybody wants to play their best game against. Oh, we always do. I tell the girls that all the time. People are going to get up for us every time we play. We better be ready because if we're not, we're going to lose. I mean, that's for sure. And we are off to a good start. We're 7-2 and two right now. And, you know, we're, we're getting better. I think we, we had some really good practice over Christmas break and a good scrimmage. And I think, you know, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And we've got our girls this year are very – it's a small team. And they really work hard and work well together. And everybody's kind of got their own piece of the puzzle. You know, they, they're all very valuable to us. We only have nine, nine on the team. And one plays fifth quarter with JV, Emma Minard. You know, she's, but she's getting better. She's come along good. Uh, we use her. And then we've got two sophomores, Abby Tripkowski, who is getting better. Her sister played for us last year. was a key player and she's coming better she's just we've got to get her to want to shoot the ball <laughs> and then grace Geeboard, who has played uh their family's played a lot of basketball and done a lot she's getting better all the time she's really been playing well for us then our juniors we've got helena long who stepped up and is playing good all-around ball for us very good shooter played well the other night uh, adelie kaufman big strong girl off the bench is doing really good getting much better as a good rebounder and defender for us. 
And Izzy Schwartz, the spark plug of our team, kind of. She's, uh, she's a very, very good hustler, very good team player, full of energy, comes into practice enthusiastic every day. You know, she plays the least of anybody probably, but she just loves it. She just team-oriented, just the kind of player every coach wants to have on their team. And then our three seniors are just keepers. I mean, they are the two Jansen girls. They are tougher than tough. I mean, hmm. tough, hard workers. They are. Brooks, the toughest five, six post you'll ever find. I mean, she's just a. They're blue-collar workers. They are just good players and worked hard. Have done a lot of AU, a lot of things. Then Morgan Taggy's our shooter. I mean, she's our pr best perimeter out perimeter shooter and. She's she just flies around the floor. Yeah, she does. She's all over. She's she's taking the ball to the rack strong now too this year. So she's, but yeah, we're just and we're you know we're small, but we defend. We don't give up a lot of points. We defend well and and we share the ball good really well. And they're just I tell you what, it's a dream team to coach. These kids are just awesome. Well, it should be a really fun team when you go to Unionville Seabling. I mean, when this airs, it'll be tonight if they're listening to it at USA. Chance to break the record. Obviously, you want just you want to keep winning. You're not you're not gonna take in the fanfare. There's gonna be media like us putting microphones in your face, <laughs> asking you a bunch of questions. But what do you expect that game to be like? I, I it, USA has very good athletes always up there. They've got two or three. Two for sure. They're four-year players for them up there. They uh, and they beat us up there two years ago. I know, with two of them contributing heavily for them, it's going to be a. I'm looking for a tough game. They've only won, I think, one game so far, but they've had some close ones and they've got some good athletes and they've got nothing to lose and everything to hmm. gain. So I'm sure they'd love to knock us off. Our kids need to be at their best, which I I look for our girls to come out. I'll be surprised if we don't come out and play best possibly the best game we played all year. That's what I'm looking for out of my girls. I think they're going to be keyed up, ready to go. All right. You got anything else, Brady? Just going from not wanting the job 797 wins later. <laughs> it's a heck of a story. I mean, basically did it as started as a favor. And, well, you've done what you've done. Thank you so much for letting us come up. It's been, uh, it's been an awesome time. And congratulations again. It, it really is. It's something that – I probably won't see again the state record being broken for wins by a coach. So congratulations. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Al. And uh, Brady, um, Friday night I'll be at uh, Unionville mm -hmm. for that uh, that game. And I don't know where you're doing because I'm not paying attention. Right, I, have, I have PH Marysville <laughs> boys oh, at okay. PH. Okay. Well, so, good, good rivalry there. You got, you got a big – like who's the team you like playing the most? Uh there's we've got well we got county ones here Brown City and Marlette always and then Harbor Beach has been a big big league rival forever too we've had a lot of battles with them and I tell you to be honest we always like play Deckerville and Sandusky in any sports always good or any of the county ones Peck we 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 like playing any of the county schools Crawlsville any of the county ones but Harbor Beach probably over the years for a long long time we've had a lot of classic battles with them probably in the GTC. All right. Good stuff. There's Al DeMott, everybody. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you on our next podcast, which will be next Monday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.